Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith When you didn't know where the resources would come to pay the next month's rent, weren't the bills met? When you didn't know which way to turn, didn't you feel the hand of the Good Shepherd leading you on? When you went through a time of confusion in your own mind, wasn't He your counselor? When you had the dark night of the soul, when everything seemed to be dark around you, wasn't He your light? Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and Sometimes we are so concerned and consumed with anxiety and worldly cares that we begin to miss out on what the Lord is doing in our lives and on the earth. Pastor Ed encourages us today to put our trust in God. As we do, we will discover that we have nothing to fear. He will walk with us in dark places. Jesus will shepherd us when we don't know which way to turn. God has always provided for us, and He will provide for us again. When the Lord has centrality over our lives, He never fails. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message in Psalm 127. Building in faith. I believe what the psalmist is saying at this point is this. You were made for something bigger than just a nine-to-five job. You were made for something eternal because the Bible says God has put eternity in our hearts. And what he meant by that was that we know that this life, there's more to it. The psalmist was saying, if you run your life on self, it's the wrong fuel. It's like trying to run a car on low octane. An octane that isn't made for that car. The car's engine begins to knock and you damage it. Whenever you begin to live life for yourself, whenever self is the motivating factor, the gas that gets you going, you're going to find out that the engine starts breaking down. We call it burnout. Sunday prepares us for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday prepares us for the rest of the week because on Sunday we worship God And it's an opportunity to reflect and to look forward as well and to put our priorities in order. It's an opportunity to think about our lives in relationship to God, to order our lives so that we're in harmony with him. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has a plan for your life. Now, you work at IBM and your neighbor works at IBM. Uh, You're both ethical workers. You both put in the same amount of time. You work hard for the company and you should. But at the end of the week, you come to church and you give your tenth to the Lord. During the week, 
They're working for IBM. You're working for IBM, but you're doing something else. You're working for God. You're working for God. In Colossians chapter two, 3, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So at the end of your life, you're going to get another paycheck. A paycheck from his hand. Because everything you've done, you've done for him. Because you've done everything with this light to do, to please God, to honor God. It's more than just being on the merry-go-round. It's more than just putting in the hours. You're operating your business. You're working in the world. But you're doing it all as an offering to God. Now, there are three things that we can do with our life task. There are three things that we can do. with. We can create our own agenda and ask God to bless our priorities. Or we can... Say, God, I'm going to do your will, but I'm going to do it my way. Moses tried that in the, when he killed the Egyptian who was abusing the Israelite. He saw and he knew that God had called him to be a deliverer, but he did God's will his way and he ended up in all sorts of problems. There's a third way. Do God's will God's way. And when you do God's will God's way, that lasts. When you do God's will, His way, that counts for eternity because your motives are right. Take all the information of your life and you could put it on one of these DVDs. From your birth to when you die, you can get all the information on there. You could stamp on that futile, empty, if you've done it for yourself. But if you've done it for God... And you've done it his ways. It's going to last for all eternity. Paul said, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I like what Dorothy Sayers says about work. Work is not primarily a thing one does to live. But the thing one lives to do. It is or should be the full expression of the worker's faculties. The thing in which he finds spiritual, mental, and bodily satisfaction. And the medium in which he offers himself to God. The work that God gives us to build homes, to have security, to make a living. We have God at the center of it. He's not at the end of it. See, sometimes people put him at the end. And that's going to be vanity. But if you put him at the center and you're under his direction and he's the architect, he's the builder of it all, that's going to last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. A couple of years ago, I went with Matt to Edinburgh, Scotland. Appearing on the crest and it is fixed to all the official documents in Edinburgh is this saying, without the Lord... Frustration. You could write that over your own life. If you try and do it on your own, without the Lord, frustration. Without the Lord, emptiness. Without the Lord, meaninglessness. Without the Lord, mere vanity. Now, 
there's a contrast. Pursuing our life's work with God is meaningful. We can have a life that's filled with meaning. Listen to the end part of verse 2. For he grants sleep to those he loves. I really like the way the New Jerusalem Bible translates that. In vain you get up early and put off going to bed, sweating to make a living, since he will, since it is he who provides for his beloved as they sleep. Hmm. Solomon wrote this psalm. And I believe there's an allusion to Solomon in his words. Because Solomon is called the beloved of God. In fact, when Solomon was born, God gave him a name. It's found in 2 Samuel 12, 25. It's Jedidiah. And that means beloved of the Lord. You remember Solomon's life. God came in the middle of the night. And he came to him in a dream. And God spoke to him. And said, Solomon, what do you want? He asked for wisdom, and God said, I'm going to give you everything else. God provides for Solomon in his sleep. God provides for him when he couldn't labor, when he couldn't do anything, when he was resting. I believe what Solomon was saying here is this. Unless God blesses what you're doing, it doesn't matter. Unless... God's hand is upon it. It's futile. God will provide for you even when you're sleeping. When you have the favor of God on your life, he's blessing the work of your hands. You could stay up late at night and you could get up early in the morning. But if you don't have the favor of God, it doesn't matter. But if God's favor is on you, even when you're resting, God is providing for you. God is preparing for you. God is in in your corner helping you. What a wonderful truth. There are some things that we just can't acquire in ourselves. Jesus describes the kingdom of God in this way. He describes it in Mark's gospel, the fourth chapter, the 26th verse. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, and he does not know how. That parable is describing the growth of the kingdom. A man sleeps. And he's telling his disciples this. I'm going to take care of my church. I'm going to build it. Didn't Jesus say, I will build my church? When God's favor rests on your life, and you put God's priorities first, and you are building with God, you are involved in God's projects, He will take care of you. He will see that they prosper. He will see that they grow. Everything depends on God's blessing. God puts a pen in your hand. He tells you, write your own autobiography. The ink in that pen is time. And he says, write the story. Will you let him sit beside you and write it with you? Because every one of your days was planned out before one of them ever happened. What an incredible promise God gives us. That he will be there with us. Now... 
What are some of the projects that God gives? Solomon could have picked out many projects. But one of them he picked out that gives meaning to your life's work. One of the illustrations he used is children. That's my second point. God bestows gifts into our lives. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children a reward from Him. Children are not your achievement. There are two extremes in our world. The one extreme says this, children impinge on my freedom. They're an added burden to my life. There's something that gets in, wh- in my way. On the other hand, there are those who make their children an idol and they bow down and they worship and they give in to every whim of their children. Children are a gift from God to raise up for him. We are to raise up a chil- children who seek the Lord. In the book of Genesis, it talks about Seth. Uh, He called on the name of God. He called on God. We're to raise up a godly heritage that will call on the name of the Lord. I think about the dedication services we have. We have one this afternoon, 115. The dedication services, we often read a passage found in 1 Samuel. It's Hannah's prayer. She said, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I've asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Uh, What we pass on to our children is the sense that they belong to God. We pass on a spiritual heritage. If your son or your daughter goes to an Ivy League school and is a success in this world, but their walk with Christ is nominal, the dash between the day of their birth and the day of their death is going to be vanity, meaningless, empty. What's important is their relationship to God. That's the most important thing we have. Now, that's one of the illustrations that Solomon uses. He says, God blesses us with children, and that's a project that he gives us to raise them for him. They're not our achievements. They're his gifts. There's a lot of gifts that come to us. In the book of James, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the heavenly Father. It comes down from God above. Hasn't God given you gifts that should just echo in your heart an attitude of gratitude? When you didn't have enough money to put food on the table, didn't he prepare a meal for you? When you didn't know where the resources would come to pay the next month's rent, weren't the bills met? When you didn't know which way to turn, didn't you feel the hand of the good shepherd leading you on? When you went through a time of confusion in your own mind, wasn't he your counselor? When you had the dark night of the soul and everything seemed to be dark around you, wasn't he your light? When your fears threatened to overwhelm you, wasn't he your peace? And didn't you hear him say in that hour, fear not, I'm with thee. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no panic in trust. And God says, trust me with tomorrow. Sometimes we're so concerned and so consumed with anxiety that we miss out what God has for us. We're concerned with building security, the work. We're concerned with this and that, that we miss out the meaning of life. And Solomon says, don't let that happen. Know that if God is in it, it'll be blessed. Know that God must be central in your life. Know that he is what makes life meaningful. Uh, The more we depend on God, the more dependable we find He is. Learn to depend on Him. He'll never fail. Intuitively, our hearts know this life isn't enough to fully do all that we dream of of and want to do. But God gives us an opportunity to have influence beyond our years. That's what he's saying in this portion of scripture. If you read it, it says, children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Uh, Don't you have a, what a picture this is. Here's a warrior perched on the wall of the city. He goes back into the quiver. He pulls an arrow. He puts it in the bow. He marks it. He shoots it over the heads of the soldiers to its destined target, far beyond his ability to go, far beyond his reach. Some of you here are arrows that godly parents sent out years ago. You were trained in the home by a godly mother, a godly father. My mother never visited the city of Poughkeepsie. But in a prayer room on her knees, she sent out an arrow. And though she's with the Lord, yet she's still impacting this world. She never went very far in her education, but yet her son has gone far because of God. God has given us arrows here. Our young people, when we are dead and gone and people don't even remember who we are, the young people are, as it were, the warriors, the guards that stand and preserve culture and preserve their generation. We're sending you out We're invested in you. That's what we're doing at FCA. Every time we give in the offering, 5% of what we give goes to FCA. Every time we pay the electric bills, the heating bills, and all the other bills of the church, it's paying for students in FCA. Why are we doing this? Because we're sending arrows into the future. We're influencing future generations. We're investing in the future. Hallelujah. I like the way the poet so beautifully wrote it. This learned I from the shadow of a tree that to and fro did sway against the wall. Our shadow selves, our influence may fall where we can never be. That's what we're doing. Arrows protecting a future generation. Protecting future 
believers. Solomon did what his father could never do. His father David had it in his heart to build a house. And Nathan the prophet came and said, that's not your lot in life, but your son Solomon will. Your son Solomon will. God is saying, I want to give you projects that will give eternal meaning to your life. Not, not all of us have children, but of all of us can be spiritual parents. Not all of us will have the blessing of being able to raise a child but we all can have people that we've influenced. Jesus never had a child. He chose to live a single life. But his influence has gone down through all the centuries because of the way he touched others' lives. His disciples, Paul the Apostle, his son-in-law, Lord Timothy. God has a purpose. As I bring this message to a conclusion, as I wrap things up, God has a purpose for your life. To find and to know and to walk in that purpose makes the dash in between the day of your birth and the day of your death meaningful. Filled with meaning. In Ephesians 2.10 it reads, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. Get involved with what God is doing. Everything, everything depends on the blessing of God. He told of all of his successes. He had money, he had fame, he had celebrity status. He got to the point he could afford anything he absolutely wanted. He was at the top. But then he realized how empty his life had become. Here's a man that could afford any dream, anything he wished. He had success. But Mel Gibson said it was all empty. And that emptiness turned him to God. And he said in making the film The Passion, this was his life's work. This was... His mission. God is offering himself to you now to be your architect, your builder. He's offering you the opportunity to live a life filled with meaning that counts. It's your choice. Standing in her kitchen, back I believe it was in the 70s or 80s, she suddenly wondered, waiting for some friends to come, why is life so empty? What does it mean? Other people seem to control her agenda. But at that point, Val Andrews said, it became a point in her life where she decided to search for God. She decided that she wanted life with meaning. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit prompting those thoughts. What are you doing with your life? Are you running on the gas of self-octane? Are you propelled by just ambition, desire? Are you doing God's work, His way, your way? Have you laid it all at the cross and said, 
Here I am, God. I give it to you. I surrender to you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's 14-part series in the Book of Psalms. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and for more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.